Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I am Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. So glad that you joined me today. And I want to make sure that you realize that this is a two-part series. Last week we did What Makes a Woman Feel Loved. So if you missed last week, you can always listen to it on the website. That's at CynthiaHyatt.com. And this week we are doing the counterpart of What Makes a Man Feel Loved. So last week we talked about this passage in John, the 21st chapter of John, verse 15 where Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And this occurred when Jesus was having breakfast with his disciples. And he uses it as an opportunity to encourage and exhort Peter about his upcoming responsibilities and even to prophesy about his upcoming ministry. And so, and about how, actually how Peter would die. So Peter, when he's asking Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times, and Jesus was emphasizing the importance of Peter's love and his unswerving obedience to his Lord as necessary for his future ministry. So as Jesus begins questioning Peter about his love for him, we see that each time Peter answers him in the affirmative. So what I want you to think about is how many times do we ask God, do you love me? Do you love me? And do you ask your friends or your spouse or your significant other, do you love me? How many times did your little kiddos say, do you really love me? Do you love me? And so this is a very powerful interaction between Jesus and Peter because Jesus was asking Peter, do you love me? This was after Peter had denied knowing him three times. And we know that um, it is said that Jewish law one of the ways that Jewish law is established is by saying something three times. And so when, when Peter denied Jesus three times, he in a sense made it law that he did not know Christ. This is how serious this was for Peter. So Jesus was offering him the opportunity to undo that by asking him three times to affirm that he did love him. And so one of the first things we see with this great love that Jesus has for his people is that he allows people to undo something. So one of the things we want to remind ourselves relationally is that we allow people to undo things they've done and to reestablish who they are and how they feel about us. The second thing that Jesus was doing when he was asking him to confirm or affirm his love is that Peter was responding out of his passion, out of his feelings. And that was, we've talked in past shows about the three types of love, that is eros love, agape love, and phileo love. So Peter was using the term, yes, I love you, you know I love you, as phileo, which is friendly, and that's friendship. And so we want to be friends with who we love. 
romantically. We want to be friends with our spouse, with our significant other. But Jesus pushed it a little bit farther, and he said, do you love me, wanting him to use the term agape love, which is unconditional. And so Jesus is saying, not only do you love your spouse as a friend, as a partner, as a buddy, but you love them unconditionally as well. Because the only way that erotic love can be handled well and safely is if there is unconditional love and friendship. So we understand that Jesus is saying, wow, do you love me? And Peter is saying, yes, I do. And so when we are doing this with a significant other, with our spouse, we are making sure that we get the opportunity to undo something that we should not have done. We are also making sure that we are affirming not only that we're sexually attracted to them, that we want to have sex with them, but that we love them unconditionally and that we are their friend. So when we look at the way a man feels loved, we have to say to ourselves, in order to love appropriately, we love with humility. We have to have humility to live well, to love deeply and honestly. And so Peter was responding to God out of his feelings, and Jesus wanted more than feelings. He wanted action. And we know that one of the ways that men express love is through action. And so this is difficult for women because this isn't necessarily the way that we express love. We express love through words. So Peter was using his words, and then Jesus told him the action to do. So today we're going to talk about the way to make a man feel loved is through actions. And there's lots of actions that we can do that help them to feel loved. And so the hardwiring of man is ways, the ways that we love him. And this is the original design as to how God created men. So I was at a, at a lunch party last week, and I was discussing with a young woman who was living with her boyfriend for about seven years. And she had experienced quite a bit of spiritual abuse through legalism. And I was able to explain to her that the reason that God gives us, quote-unquote, rules is not to bind us up or to steal our joy or to make our lives difficult, but to actually make our lives work. So you see, he's the master designer. He knows the design. And he knows that if you read the owner's manual, you will enjoy the product much better. You know, I tell people frequently, you don't four-wheel drive a Lamborghini, right? It wasn't designed for that. So this means if we understand the design of a man, we are going to enjoy them so much better. And they are going to operate better for us. So the number one way that you can love a man is through proximity and companionship. Spending time without stress and conflict. Just being easygoing. Not a lot of talking. This is not the time to work things out or to process things. They just want you around. They would like to hang out with you the way they do guys, doing something with little talking and no heavy processing. Unfortunately for us as women, if we're going to hang out with a man, we want to talk. We think, oh, this is how we can really talk deeply and get things worked out and process through all these things. And for a man, wow, that is not the way you love a man. Because when men have to do the heavy process and the talking, that is stressful for them, very stressful. 
So what we want to think about is if I really want to love my husband, one of the things he enjoys the most is if I just hang out with him. I talk to him about whatever is happening in the here and now. I might tell him a funny anecdote or a story. If we're on a long road trip, he likes to just have me in the car. He doesn't necessarily want to talk the entire time. If we're watching a movie, he likes me to sit next to him. He doesn't necessarily want to talk about the movie while we're watching. And so proximity and companionship, one of the most fascinating things about men is how much they like having women around. Not to talk to them necessarily, but to have them around. My husband likes me in the house. He likes to know where I am. He likes to just have me there. He doesn't necessarily want to talk to me. And so you have to understand that men get lonely because they're not hardwired like women. They don't just make little communities like, like women do. So men want to marry to have a best friend. And what means a best friend to a man is not the same thing as a best friend to a woman. So for a man, he wants a companion, someone that is going to be with him while he does his life. The second one, which is kind of fascinating, this uh, d- just defies all culture and defies time, feeding a man. One of the best ways to love a man is to feed him. And I know this sounds terribly archaic and terribly traditional, but it always works. There's something about a man sitting down and having a woman making something for him, presenting it to him, giving it to him, and he will wait an hour for food. I mean, you see these different movies. I was watching Gunsmoke the other night, which I know is kind of funny, but I really do like the black and white Gunsmoke episodes. And these men had been working all day, They come in, they're sitting at the table, and it's probably going to take the women an hour or an hour and a half to make the food, and they're just sitting there. And if you've ever been at a family event, they will just sit there. They will wait for an hour to be fed, even if they're starving. We say to them, go get something to eat. Nah, they just sit there. I don't know what, I I still cannot explain it completely. I just know that it is a fact. There is something very nurturing to a man, very loving to a man. Now, I know that I'm not a great cook. I don't really even want to learn how to be one. So I do pick something up for my husband. One of the most loving things I can do is say, hey, I'm coming home from the office. Do you want me to pick you up something? I pick it up for him. We sit down at the table. I set the table. I put the food on the table, and we eat. So even though I don't make it for him, I do provide it. So (laughs) keep that in mind, women, if you're not a great cook. Third way to love a man. Please don't be angry about this, women. Sex. The most loving thing you can do for a man is to love his body. He loves yours. The most loving thing you can do is love his body and let him love yours. So don't be angry with a man because he's a man. And this is the the primary love language that a man has is sexual. And so they are sexual beings, and this is how God created them. And they do need to manage their own sexuality. But we need to have some grace. How would you feel if your brain bombarded you with sexual thoughts and feelings multiple times an hour? You can't just want him to want you when you want him. And that, you can't just want him to want you when you want him to. So you need to have some compassion on the man in your life, that they are managing a world that is highly sexualized. Songs and advertisements, just the mall alone is difficult for a man to maneuver through well. 
Imagine if he wanted you to go to Home Depot with him, and in Home Depot was cute little kittens and puppies, babies and handbags, shoes, jewelry, and you were supposed to just ignore all of it. You were just supposed to walk through Home Depot and look at all the wrenches when there's all these cute, cute kittens and puppies and handbags and jewelry and all kinds of things, all this bling, and you were supposed to ignore all of it. That's what happens to a man when he's having to go to the mall. When he's wanting you sexually, you have to understand that the only way men are touched in our world is generally sexually. Or unless they go to the doctor, or maybe they go get a massage, or they're out on the football field. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we finish. Primary way to love a man is sex. Visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com to listen to the show in its entirety. This is Cynthia Hyatt with 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And if you are just listening in, we are doing this as a two-part series. So today's show is What Makes a Man Feel Loved, and last week was What Makes a Woman Feel Loved. So you can always listen to the shows in in their entirety on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And we left off in the the last segment with um, the best way to make a man feel loved is sex. And I say this to women, and sometimes it it really helps when they get this, this understanding. When I say to them, you know, where is a man going to be touched? Who's going to touch him if it's not you? And when you really think of this woman, who is going to touch your husband, your significant other, if it's not you? And so you have to understand that, that up to the age, about the age of six, little boys don't have a hard time getting kissed by their moms. They want to hug their mom. They want to lay in bed with their mom. They want to lay on their dad's stomach. They, they love all the affection. Once they get to about the age of six and seven, this is when they want to be a big boy. And they start saying to mom, don't kiss me. No, don't. And they start to create some independence. And this isn't just culturally. This is this is in the hardwiring of that gender because it happens in every culture. And so you have to understand that once they get to about the age of eight, the only ways that they're probably going to be touched is if it's, if it's going to be sexual. And so men don't get the same amount of affection that women do. We get touched all the time. Everybody's touching us all the time. We go to the hairstylist, the manicures, we get pedicures, we get massages, we get hugs from our girlfriends, our kids are climbing on top of us. We get touched all the time, and men don't. And so you have to understand their primary love language is sex. One, because they are a sexual being by nature. That is at the very depth of their being. And that is the thing that is the best thing for them. That makes them feel the best. And so they want to give that to women. And they want to make sure women feel just as much as they feel. So you have to understand that you can't be mad at them or frustrated with them when they're compelled to love you in that way. And so one of the best things that we can do is not be frustrated or angry or disgusted by their advances. It's ve- it cuts very deep with a man when you reject them that way. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed to say no. Of course not. But it means that you don't want to shame them about their desire. 
So the fourth way that we can really love a man is to control our own emotions. And like I said earlier, one of the things that doesn't come naturally to me is to monitor the way I express my feelings. When I talk to my girlfriends, I just have feelings. They're big, and I'm quite a dramatic and passionate person. And so I am reactionary. That's how women are made. We are made to be reactionary. And so you see things all over our faces. And it comes naturally to us to be animated. We use our hands. We get tearful. Our voices rise. We have lots of analogies. We are verbal, very verbal. And we talk quickly, and we have a tendency to to talk very quickly with men and to jump topics and to interject on top of them and interrupt when we're talking to them. And so with men, I have to really be different. I have to slow down the way I talk. I have to be careful about my expressions and my tone of voice. If I roll my eyes, if I, if I huff and puff, if I raise my hands, because you have to understand that men are very visual more visual than women. And they're not just visual sexually. They are visual all the way across the board. And so they are picking up on all kinds of cues, and they have many times a hard time ignoring the visual signals they're getting from me and actually hearing my words. And they can get very disrespected by my tone of voice and by my facial expressions. And I can be very animated with women. We expect that from each other. But if you ever see men especially if they're doing business, especially if they are working on something or talking about something that, that has a tendency to become very heated, they get more and more in control of their body and their tone of voice and their emotions. And that's because they know that if they lose control, things could go to blows. So we want to be very careful that we control our feelings. And we also understand how much we affect men because they are so visual I have a great effect on them. My smile, my laughter, my mood really can calm him down, really can make his day just as much as if I'm angry, upset, stressed out, mad, disgusted. Those things are very hard for men to tolerate. You have to understand that a man's brain is hardwired to move away from negativity. Women are hardwired to move toward it. This is why we're so good at taking care of little children under the age of six. This is why when we see people in pain, they're mad, they're scared, they're sad, we move toward them. Men innately move away because that has everything to do with them assessing the situation, figuring out how to control their own bodies and figuring out what they can do to fix it because emotionally, men don't generally fix things emotionally. They fix things by doing something. So it's very important that one of the best ways you could respect a man, that you could love a man, is to control your emotions. If we move down to this next one, this one is, is also somewhat, it can be difficult, but it's really powerful. This is how I treat him in public. I can't tell you what it does for a man when you respect him in public. Do I let him be a gentleman with me? Do I let him make decisions? Do I second-guess him all the time? Do I discuss everything in public with him all the time? Can I just follow his lead? Do I roll my eyes? Am I affectionate with him? All these things cause him to feel very loved. When I'm in public, I do not disrespect my husband in public, even if I'm not happy with him. 
I choose to talk to him about anything that I'm upset about in private. And I see women doing this to men all the time, and it is terrible. Because what you're doing to that man is you are causing him to move farther and farther away from you so that when you do want him to love you, it's going to be harder for him to do it. Now, it doesn't mean that if I'm with a gentleman that is out of control, I'm going to put up with bad behavior. But if you've been out in, 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 uh, on double dates with people or if you've been in a function and you've seen and heard women sniping at the man that they're with when you're in public, you know how uncomfortable that feels. And you have to understand what it does to a man inside. It absolutely escalates the whole fight, flight, or freeze in them. They are doing everything they can to control themselves and not launch on that woman. Either that or they're so disconnected, they're so disgusted with her, they don't want anything to do with her. And they don't care anymore. And once a man doesn't care anymore, it's done. Once a man decides he doesn't love you anymore, it doesn't come back. And so it's imperative that we understand the effect that we are having, that we don't do these passive-aggressive, sarcastic, sniping comments to a man. It's extremely disrespectful. And when you disrespect a man in front of other men, you put him in a very, very bad position. And so always remind yourself, is this how Jesus would act? Is this what Jesus would do? Even if we don't agree with what that man is doing, we can still have class we can still act like a decent, beautiful woman. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again in the next segment as we talk about what makes a man feel loved. And this next one is about letting him be successful with me. Make sure you look at the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Visit me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. And if you're just tuning in, make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And you can listen to the show in its entirety. This is a two-part series. Last week, we did What Makes a Woman Feel Loved. And this week, we are doing What Makes a Man Feel Loved. So we left off on the last one of how I treat him in public. That has a lot to do with how loved a man feels. If I'm respecting him, if I am positive, if I am affectionate, if I am complimentary of him. And so even if I'm not happy with everything that he's doing, in public is not the place to work it out. The sniping, the passive-aggressive statements don't do anything for a man. In fact, they will tune them out even more and do them more because you start to engage the competitive part of them and it doesn't work. So I want to really encourage you women, if you have some upset, you have some resentments, you have some anger, you have hurts, that in public is not where you're going to get the support. And so that would be a very important thing to take to a therapist, to a counselor, pastoral counselor, to a best friend that is supportive of your marriage, your, your relationship, to really be able to work that out. So this next one is letting him be successful with me. Because if you've talked or heard, heard me talk about greatest needs that a man has, one of the greatest needs a man has is to be successful. And one of the ways he really wants to be successful is with the woman of his choice. So 
many, what we want to realize is that they don't know how to engage many times in a way that helps them be successful. We don't want to assume that they should just know these things. They're a man. They're not a woman. So we have to understand that he has as much difficulty understanding me as I do understanding him. And in fact, he probably has more difficulty than I do. So we want to know that we, the more we give them direction, because we're, we are better able to manage emotions, being, because being hardwired to do that, it's important for me to give him some really specific directions and to say, you know what? I'm probably going to cry when I tell you this, but it's okay. One of the ways I help him be successful is I tell him what I need. So I say, you know, it would really help me if you said blah, 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 blah. And I, I will tell you the truth. Very few men will lie. So if you tell them to say something and they can't say it authentically, they will probably say, I don't feel comfortable saying that. So if he will say back to you what you have asked, asked him to say, it's because he means it and he's thankful that you've given him a way to express it in a way that is meaningful to you. And if I tell him, you know, I really am very upset about this, what would really help me is if you did A, B, or C. So one of the ways I let him be successful with me is I tell him the things that, that I need. So if he wants to help me, I let him help me. And if he does things that make me feel good about myself, I tell him. And I say, wow, that helped me so much. Thank you for saying that to me. And so it's really important when you give them specific things to help them be successful. It doesn't mean I'm pretending that things are okay if they're not okay. It means that I'm helping him if he wants to help me. If he wants to be successful with me, I'm giving him ways to do it. If, you, if you've ever been in those situations where a man has said one word and you didn't like the word he chose, you have to understand that men have one word for probably every ten words that a woman has. And so we have this tendency to want this one special word. That's the word we want you to say. And it's imperative that we just tell them that. And so it's very important. They are very strong creatures, and they are amazing. They are wonderful creatures that God has created. But they are not emotionally hardwired the way that we are. So it means that we want to help them and give them clear direction and understanding about what's happening to us. We don't want to assume that they should know. And I've had women say to me, well, if I have to tell them what to say, it doesn't matter. And I want to tell you that's a really big cop-out. Because if you, you, you married a man, you wanted a man, you've got a man. He's not going to talk like a woman. And so if he will say to you the things that you need to hear, it's because he's a good man. Because they don't do that for anybody else. So many times my husband will say, I don't know what to say right now. I don't know what will help you right now. And I say, well, this is what would really help. This is what I need to hear. And he, if he says it to me, then I know that he believes it. And it's encouraging to me. So I also help him to understand me. I don't expect him to understand me the way my girlfriends do. So as you move forward with this with men, I want you to really be compassionate and kind and understand how out of their element they feel when they are trying to emotionally connect with a woman, that we are truly at the advantage. And we are not to manipulate that, to demean them for it, or to take advantage of it. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we finish this show on what makes a man feel loved. 
Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. If you're wanting a keynote speaker on any of these topics, you can go to the website and connect with me there. Well, thank you for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And we are finishing up this show on what makes a man feel loved. So I want to make sure that if you're just joining in, that you can go to the website and listen to the show in its entirety. We talked all about in this show about acting like a grown-up sexually. We talked about things like trust. We talked about affection. We're going to talk about all these different types of things. And so... The next one that we are going to really talk about when it comes to what makes a man feel loved is trust. And you might not realize this, but one of the most important things a man has is that you trust him. That does more for him than you could imagine, is when he really thinks that no matter how many mistakes he makes, no matter how much he doesn't seem to hit the mark or get everything, that you trust him, that you trust his heart and you trust his intentions. And so it's one of these things that is very fascinating. And, and men are constantly telling me that they didn't mean to hurt somebody. They're saying, that's not what I meant to do. And first of all, they don't always care if they're liked. They do care if they're not successful. So many times they say, you know, that's not what I meant to say. I didn't mean to hurt her. And so what you have to understand in a man's world is that many times they will say this to other men, hey, I didn't mean to do that. And other men go, okay, that's cool. Thanks for telling me. Because you have to understand in a man's world, sometimes they do mean to hurt people. They do intend to hurt. That's not the case in women's world. In woman's world, we think that's a given. Of course you didn't mean to do that. That doesn't mean anything to me. The fact that you did it is that it's hurtful. And so I will say to men many times, you know, I'm glad that you didn't mean to do that. I'm, I'm assuming that's a given because if you meant to harm your wife, then I, I, why would I be helping you be with her? But for men, they really want to make sure that you know their heart. So when they say, I didn't mean to do it that way, it's important that you hear those words that you say, okay, I appreciate you saying that to me. I do trust your heart. And it did hurt me very deeply. You can't do that to me or you can't say that to me. Or I need you to do this, whatever it may be. And so it's really important that they're really hoping that you get that they're trying to do things right. And that they're not just blithely going about their day, just completely self-absorbed. And so what's interesting to men is that they're needing to protect who they are and who you think they are. So they're re- they really do care about what you think. Now, they don't care about what very many other people think, but they care very much about what you think. And so when I say to a man, hey, I believe in you, I believe you're a good man, and I believe you want to treat your wife well, that really helps them hang in there when we're doing therapy, because therapy is hard for men. They don't like to just come and sit around and talk about problems. They want solutions. And so... It's very important that I say, you know, I know you're not perfect. I trust your heart and I trust your intention. The behavior is what I want to address because that behavior does not cause me to trust you or to believe your intentions. 
even though I do, but that behavior is confusing to me. Or when you say it this way, or when you act this way, it makes it more difficult for me to trust. And so it's very imperative that it's important that we do trust who they are and that we tell them that we trust them and that we trust their intentions. If you don't, if you don't trust the person that you're married to, your significant other, if you don't trust their intentions, that's a whole different ballgame. And so part of human relationships working is that we have those platform issues. And many times with couples, I I might say to them, what are the platform issues that you can stand on? Do you trust them? Do you believe in them? Do you believe their intentions? Are they a good person? And these are the things that you have to go back to when you're having a hard time with whatever the behaviors are. So another way that makes a man feel very loved is affection. And we talked earlier on about the whole issue of sexuality and where men are really going to be touched. Who is going to touch them if it's not you? And so there are things that really communicate more to men than words, and that is affection. Hugging them, kissing them, looking them in the eye, smiling at them. Smiling is one of the most affectionate things that you can do to a man. I'm, I'm very frequently telling women, be careful how much you smile at a man because he will think you like them. That's just how men are. They just assume that if you like, it, like, if you like them, you will smile at them and laugh at all their jokes, and that means you like them. So you have to understand, with, with the man that is significant to you in your life, smiling at them frequently is very affectionate. Laughing is very affectionate. So a lot of it has to do with the way you look at them. If you look at them with an open affect, and, and I know how my, my eyes are when I look at my husband. I know when I have warmer eyes or open eyes when I have guarded eyes or defensive eyes. So if you are looking at the man that you love, even if you're upset with him, one of the ways you calm that down is you try to soften your eyes. Because men are very visual. They take all kinds of cues from you visually. If you're frowning, if you're scoffing, if you're rolling your eyes, if you're narrowing your eyes, they have a hard time hearing the pain in your voice because they will get defensive because of your facial expressions. So one of the ways that men really trust that you love them is through your body, through your body language. So if you say you love them, but you never touch them, if you say you love them, but you never hug them, if you say that you love them, but you have a guarded affect and you don't smile at them very often, they don't pay nearly as much attention to words as they do actions because men are action-oriented. And so the way that men love is through action. They want to do things for you. And they act in a certain way. So they are going to perceive many of the ways that you love them through your actions. So if, I'm, if I touch my husband's shoulder, if I give him a hug, if I look him in the eye, if I smile at him, if I kiss him on the cheek, all the time during the day I do little gestures of affection. If I'm affectionate with him in public, it shows people that I love him the same way as you like other people to know that you are wanted by your significant other. He wants people to know that he's wanted as well. And so it's very, very, very significant to men physically. And it works at any age. 
You can do this for little boys. You can do teenagers, college, young adults, brothers, fathers. I don't mean sexually, but I mean just affection goes a long way with men. And you can do affection with friends very politely and very appropriately. And so it's imperative that you recognize how physical men are and how powerful it is. So number nine, we are almost to the end here of our show, and this is giving points and making deposits. So with men, saying thank yous, being grateful, acknowledging what you see, noticing, bragging about them to other people, about how our wonderful emotional deposits for men. This is why when we say men live for the points, why even though they know they need to take out the trash, they know they live there, they know they should clean things up, they like it to be noticed. So when they say, hey, did you see that I took the trash out? Or hey, did you see I did the laundry? Or whatever it is that they did, and we think to ourselves, why do I have to notice that? That's just a part of living here. It's not that they necessarily think that they're, uh, that they're doing some special effort. It's that they want you to notice it. That's one of the ways they feel loved, is that we notice what they do for us. And so I notice the things my husband does all the time. I brag to other people about what he does. And so that helps because we all make emotional withdrawals. But this helps when we are putting all those emotional deposits that when we are acting in a way that is not loving, they handle those withdrawals much easier. What's amazing to me with women is it doesn't take a whole lot to make a deposit for a man. I smile at him and it makes his day. Just a nice face is very comforting to them because when we have a scowl on our face, it's very stressful. We have to remember that one of the things that men love about women is that they bring beauty to their world. Other men do not bring beauty to their world. So that's what women do for men. We create this world for them, this atmosphere for them that is comforting to their soul. When I have an ugly look on my face, it's very stressful because all of a sudden this beautiful thing is not beautiful. Now that does not mean that he's objectifying me. It means that one of the things that God did when he created women was bring a beautiful thing to the planet. And so what we want to think about is that the thank yous, the points, the gratitude, these types of things, we also know that one of the things that makes a man feel loved is proximity. We talked about that in the very beginning. Companionship is a big thing. One of the reasons that they want to find a woman, one of the reasons that if they go through divorce, many times men will marry the first woman that they date. It's because one of the things that's very important to men is having a woman around them. It's very comforting to them. Proximity is a big deal. Trust is a big deal. Trusting in who he is. Affection. Touching his body. Loving his body. Wanting to know about him smiling at him, being kind to him. And so remind yourself that we, want, that we want to really be encouraging to men. We want to show him that we respect him. We want to give him space for his hobbies. We want to focus attention on what he's doing right. We want to show interest in what's important to him. We want to be happy and positive when he comes home. We want to give him a half an hour to unwind after work. We don't want to allow other family members to treat him disrespectfully, and we don't disrespect him in public. 
and we believe in him, and we compliment his efforts on his performance, and we seek his advice when we face different challenges, and we don't overcommit ourselves so that we have little time for him. And this is one of the hardest things for women, is this overcommitting, that we give everything to the children, to the pets, to the neighbors, to our friends, to our job. And when it comes to our husband, we have almost nothing. And we want to be forgiving when he unintentionally offends us. And we want to find ways to show him that we need him because men need to be needed. That is a very powerful thing we can do. And we want to peel away our pride and admit that we've made mistakes. And if he wants to talk, we listen. We listen and ask for viewpoints versus talking about it or giving him all kinds of solutions or opinions. We just ask him for more. If we think God's thoughts and we know God's ways, then we will love him as he loves us. And I want you to remember that love is a choice, love is a voice, and love is an action. And that is how we express true passion. So I hope this has been helpful for you today, and I want to make sure that you remember that you can listen to the show in its entirety on the website. But again, I want to remind you that love is a choice, love is a voice, and love is an action. And so just as Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Then. So if I love my husband, then what am I going to do? If I love my significant other, then what am I going to do? I'm going to express it with my voice, with my words of appreciation and affection. I'm going to do actions. I'm going to do things for him. I'm going to love his body the way he loves mine. I'm going to respect him in public. And I'm going to love him as a choice. I'm going to give him agape love, which means it's unconditional. And I'm going to thank God for him daily and pray for him. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you joined me today. Again, make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com to listen to the show in its entirety. Thank you, Jeremy. Always you're the best producer I could have. So encouraging. This is Cynthia Hyatt at 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.